0: Welcome to Splainin'. A podcast where two guys explain things to each other. That they should know. But but don't. don't. Did we discuss that we weren't both going to say but don't? I think we did, but I think I panicked and you panicked. Well, no, I was going to go, I'm going to let him say it. I was like, wait, was this this or was it the end? I think it's both. Oh. Okay. I'm Jeff Sims. And I'm Evan Smith. Welcome, Evan. (laughs) Welcome, Jeff. (laughs) To this episode. Yeah. Eighteen. Eighteen. It's been... One week since you looked me. No. Dum, dum. I like the acoustics in here. It's very boomy, but no, I I don't I don't find it's it boomy. Warm. It's warm. Yeah, it's warm. It's, it's very warm. warm. Yeah. So we are in what we're calling the pod loft. The pod loft. The spleen. The pod pod. The spleen closet. No. No. <laughs> but you. Uh,
1: you got some spleen. So it's
0: like this weird room in my house that. Like, in the basement where we have our music studio, there was this side room that also continued with the shelves, but it's, like, it's big
1: enough for an office, I guess. It's big enough for, like, a disciplinary closet if the kids acting up. Yeah,
0: it's definitely big enough for that. Like a Miss Trunchbull closet? It's almost, no, it's too much room for a Chokey. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, too chokie, much room for a Chokey. <laughs> um, but it's, like, you could have a desk.
1: Yeah. But well, we have
0: a round table. Yeah, we have a round table. Um, but it's
1: it's going to be the new home of the podcast. Home of the podcast. And we, I'm, I'm okay with it. We need to decorate it better. We have a, 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 a thought board that we can now put ideas. Thought board. Thought board.
0: Yeah. I, mean, we,
1: I would have called it a bulletin board. No, I like thought board.
0: I like thought board as well. Yeah. Uh, and there's art. We're, I think we can update the art so it's plain and specific.
1: Maybe. Uh, Falling Up. Falling Up by Shel, Shel Silverstein, <laughs> a collection of poetry for children. Yeah. Oh. then. This episode is just us reading poems. That, wouldn't that be fun?
0: Uh, but yeah, I know I like it. I, uh, I think we can, we can do a lot here. We could paint a wall, even. We ah. could knock down a wall. No, we don't. We could, oh, let's paint the Splain
1: and logo on the wall. Are you good enough at art for that? I'm not. E, no. Okay. Well, we get, let's get someone to let's do it. Let's commission someone. I'm sure someone is itching for some COVID. I work. would love it. Let's, let's pay them with exposure.
0: We could maybe get a stencil of it and like spray paint it on. Oh, that's so much cooler. I wonder if we can get a stencil of it. Who do we call? Ghostbusters.
1: I feel like they've expanded their business to allow stencils, right? So yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like that's where they are right now. Ghost stencils. Ghost stencils. <laughs> <laughs> um, if <there's> something strange. <laughs> um,
0: so, I mean, I, well, the, the people who do the T-shirts—they told me they would keep the. I can't remember what the word they used was. They're like, they're like "We'll keep the thing." So if you want more, the logo. They didn't say logo. It was like the thing that they use to get the logo on the shirt. Oh, okay. Like they okay, okay, they, okay. they create like a like the stamper. A mock-up, whatever. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. print that. Yeah. Sure. We'll keep that and you know,
1: when you want more. So maybe they have some sort of thing we can like take and spray. Yeah, I'm into it. I don't know. Maybe I'm totally into it. We can spray it on like the sidewalks. Yep. You know how like kids will go and put their footprint in newly paved like sidewalk? Yep. We'll do that with splam, we can get stamps. Yes. Skateboarders.
0: Yeah. Remember Tony Hawk pro skate whatever? Yeah. You could
1: you could do tagging. Yeah, Do you remember that? You know uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater One, Two, and Three. Oh, they actually shit. just released a uh, revised, remastered version of that for PS4. Oh, yeah, like yeah, same Pro, game, but Pro Skater better. One and Two. Yep, nice. Yeah,
0: the really soundtrack.
1: Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Funny story. Uh, that's how I started singing from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. No. Uh, yeah, it was Underground Two, Simba's Pride. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the it was the Bam Margera version. Did you ever play that game? Yes, I believe I did. Yeah. So in that game, there was a full set from Johnny Cash and Ring oh, of Fire. Oh, there was. was there. Ring of Fire, yeah. Yeah. And so at the time, I was playing it and I downloaded the soundtrack on my MP3 player. And we were driving, I don't know where, but Hillary had some weird, like, horse camp. I don't know. Estuary camp? Ooh. Oh, nice. nice. I know. I just, like it. i, I but searched for that word for a second and was impressed at how quickly I recalled it. Yes, yeah, so it's almost like it you didn't have to think, it just yeah. came to your yeah. tongue. <laughs> 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 because describing the process of thinking. <laughs> um so we were going to pick her up yeah. and I'm sitting in the backseat of the car, and I have my MP3 player in. Yeah. I'm going, I fell into <laughs> a burning ring of fire. And mom goes, What are you doing? I was like, I, I don't sorry, sorry, I'm I'm in the back. And she's like, No, no, no. I'm like, are you singing? I'm like, <laughs> What do you mean? You
0: got to the age of seventeen without ever
1: singing. Like Like as a child, you didn't sing. As like uh, no, no, no. But but like I mean, like when you're doodling in your coloring book and you're like oh, like I'm sure all of us have right. But my mom was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, sorry." Like I almost she's like, "Are you singing?" I'm like, "Yes." She's like, "Can you sing?" (laughs) And I was like, "I don't know. Can I?" And she was like, "I don't know." And then my sister's like, "You got a hell of a Johnny Cash impression. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, (laughs) you're made for showbiz, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, get on the horse." (laughs) Jeff Cash Sims. <laughs> uh, so, my sisters found out and they went and told all the girls in the school because at, at school, no guys are singing. They need more guys for choir. Yes. And that was their best arsenal. Right. I was getting all the girls to find it. It's like, oh my God, Jeff, you can sing. He's totally doing it to the choir. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I can sing. <laughs> <laughs> and You're that's like, it. Well, there's a dude on here coming down
0: the track. He's <laughs> <and somebody> like, <laughs> who here Coming back. I'm moving on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, that's the story. Amazing, and, my, then I, and then I caught the bug. It was grade ten. Oh my god! And then from grade ten to eleven, I was like, "Do you think I can sing?" And they were like, "Like no, but like if you <laughs> tried, you could." I was like, "Okay." And then, grade how 11, many Johnny Cash musicals are there? Yeah. And I, <laughs> <laughs> Just one? Great, cool, great. (laughs) Good afternoon, my name is Jeff Sims, (laughs) and today David Chafe and I will be performing Walk the Line by Johnny Cash. (laughs) (laughs) On the piano. (laughs) Oh God, this is all bullshit. It is all bullshit. Um, But anyways, yeah, sincerely, that's how I started singing. That's not a joke. My... I, my story is the opposite. No, I mean I don't even just, have a
0: story. I just started. I always I was like Harrison is now. You know what Harrison's like. Who's Harrison? My son. Oh, thanks. Um, my firstborn. Oh, yeah, Not not Oliver Simba's pride. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I was always like, I used to get up on the sta- stool and be like, "Here I stand upon this walk, a tiny little figgle. If the girls don't like me now, they'll like me when I'm bigger."
1: And I would, stop I would just, it! I, yeah,
0: I would recite things like that when people were over. Always wanted to be like you are just the greatest showman. Oh yeah, the
1: greatest showman.
0: Hugh, I <sighs> uh, was gonna Hugh Hefner, Hugh Jackman, <laughs> not <"Nunty> even me <laughs> or Hefner.
1: They'll like me when I'm bigger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Woof. Woof. we'll cut that. Uh, but yeah, no, I always did it started voice lessons at the age of seven. And yeah. this was that kid. Like I was like the soprano kid who got made fun of because uh, he sang like a girl. Yeah. But yeah. also like was I would've made fun of you. Yeah, yeah. But I was on the radio. So I was like, Where are you?
1: Oh yeah. She's go on then. Come on. Look at you now. Just singing Snowman in grade three. On the podcast. Yeah, On the um, better radio. Um, it's been an exciting week. So for anyone, guess what? We deceived you. Dum, dum, dum. This is the first episode that we've actually recorded in about a month. Three weeks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We recorded like three episodes right in a row. We tricked you because everyone went on vacation. Everyone went on vacation. Right, it was the, was at the last episode. we were like, welcome back, yeah. Which we weren't fooling anyone, and we no, didn't think we were. No, it was long before the vacation. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's new space, new space, new
0: topics, new, new energy, feel. new feel. And guess new what else me? is new? What's new, Jeff?
1: Let me tell you. Please. Some merchandise, baby! Merch, merch, baby! <laughs> <laughs> I see the merch are coming. It's rolling around the bend. Um, Yeah, our t-shirts are here. They're actually here. We've been talking about it for so long. They're so here, we're wearing them We're wearing now. the t-shirts. We took pictures. A lot of weird pictures, but we took pictures. Yeah. Um, so there's some good news and some bad news. The yes. good news is, is that they're here and they look freaking gorgeous. Yeah. Bad news is... They're sold out. <laughs> I mean, I think it's good news. Oh yeah, it's bad news for you if yeah. you are that person who doesn't have one. Yes. I uh, mean, there are many of you who don't have them. Yes, because we put but. out a we put out a mass order and we delivered them out, yeah. and we are completely sold out of them already. Woo-woo!
0: We didn't even actually we didn't we have yet to make a post saying t-shirts are on sale. No, we, we just sold them like there was like there was some family who wanted them, there was some friends who wanted them, and then
1: there's some people who are listeners who wanted them. Yeah. And that was the order. That's it. They're it was on. actually it was actually pretty shocking. Yeah. Um. So this is the official launching of, of round two, we'll call it. What's round two? It's pre-order city, baby. Pre-order city. So that's what we're doing. So if you want your shirt and you're going to see the pictures, you're going to see all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, please, please, please email us. Info.splainit at gmail.com. We are doing pre-orders now. Yep. The $25 a pop. $25 a Oh, nice. Thanks, buddy. Um, And are, are we going to keep
0: it to just the one type of shirt
1: for now? I think for now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't see why not. Me either. I'm also up to suggestions. Well, see, there's another
0: type we have. We have two types. We we may as well just say it. So we've got the regular Splano logo. You've probably seen it on social media. Mm. Soon you're going to see it around town, all the places. On my chest. On Jeff's chest. But we have another one, and it's one of those, like, is a saying on the shirt. And the saying is you've got some and then it says splaining but it's the logo yeah. to do. So that's a good one as well. That's a great one as that's well. That's people are going to stop you when you wear that one. they're going to go, "Hey, what's that all about?" Hey, what what is that? I, what do like, I have some that? Splainin'. Yeah, I got I got splaining to do. Yeah, yeah, splainin'. Yeah, I
1: do. I do. I am an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. So all that's thanks, exciting. All thanks to
0: Kyle McDavid. Always. It was amazing. I delivered his t-shirt yesterday. He was yep. delighted with it. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's very exciting and the other thing I wanted to say I've now forgotten. So it doesn't matter. Cheers, moving on. Cheers, moving on. Um, so we have a No, no, no. There is something you want to talk about. There's a corrections corner. Oh no. No, no. I got I meant there's something else I want to say about the shirts.
1: Oh, oh, oh. oh. Well, I mean I th- I think at this point you're going to see pictures coming up in the next couple of days. You got it. Um so just look pre-order. Look, see, spend. drool. <laughs> Wipe, yeah. Uh, I'll get you a bucket. Tight. We're gonna have a little spleen bucket so you can hang from your ears to catch the drool.
0: The opposite of those, those when you get the two when you're at like a a sport event and you have the cups where you <laughs> get the straws <laughs> into your mouth. The when you're opposite at of that,
1: a sporting event.
0: And the, the straws are in your the mouth and they go the downwards and just spit. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are other things too. Oh, I, one thing I remember was. The t-shirt contest that we said we would do, we're going to have to do for round two because there's none left. Oh, true. So we said that if you go on—now, I've gone on and checked. There are no more reviews than there previously were. (sighs) So no one is deserving of it anyway. So we could just say, you know what? You failed. You failed. But we're not those type of people because, A, we love you. We do. And we don't want to turn you off. We don't. So we're not going to do that. So what's the opposite of turning someone off? Turning them on. Check it out. Oh, there's a and coming down the track. I two roads better. We're moving on. <laughs> this episode yeah, we is go. the worst. We'll uh, okay, so corrections and updates. Yeah, I was trying to come up with something clever to call this section, but I can't... Nothing. So it's corrections and updates. One, in the last episode, mm-hmm. I said that I growing up, had turtles, and that I got the turtles in grade three from my teacher, and they used to pat like, each week, someone new would take the turtles home on the weekends. Yes. This was a bold-faced lie. Wow. I didn't realize. My sister texted me yesterday and was like, that story you told about the turtles is not true. <laughs> 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 Which is very powerful, the course, because Caitlin remembers everything. I remember nothing. Wow. What I had failed to remember was that it wasn't turtles. It was budgie birds. Oh. But Go Sorry, on. no, no, no. Okay, I'll wait till you finish your thought. But we did have turtles. It just wasn't through that. Uh, so we had turtles. Mom got the turtles from someone and like where she used to work before we moved. Uh-huh. So when we moved to Stephenville, we brought these turtles with us. Gotcha. They stank so bad, Ooh. and the song of the bank basement. We had to get rid of them. Gross. But it had nothing to do with school. Those were budgie birds.
1: Budgie birds are weirder than turtles for a school because they would a make noises, and like mm-hmm. birds have like lots of diseases.
0: Uh, Yeah, I guess so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I also lied. We didn't have turtles either. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did have turtles. Yeah, we had frogs. Oh. So our school had a frog named Cujo. It wasn't a turtle. Cujo? We've talked about this. A frog named Cujo? Evan, go back and listen to the freaking episode. Okay. Or listen to me more often. I mean, yeah, I could. Yeah, you could, could be a, yeah. a more active listener. It's going to be in my New Year's resolution. And retain the information and put it well, into your long-term memory. We've yeah. talked about this in episode two.
0: Retain, sometimes I listen, and I just can't retain. No. Yes, hence, you know, all my long-term memories of turtles <sighs> that didn't come from grade three. Idiot. Uh, okay, so there's that. Okay. Also, we've talked before about the sign outside of central Newfoundland that yes. says, Why Burn with the guy in the white? Uh-huh. And I was like, that's fine. I hate, hate it. I wish it was taken down. Yep. Well, Grace messaged in and no, said, she, didn't. she just drove across the island. It is taken down. <gasps> Which makes me think the and Central crowd yep. God got, got up, heard. And I, got up <laughs> an arm. <laughs> got heard, and the and listeners answered. Yep. So it's gone. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Praise be. Praise be, and I'm delighted. Yep. Next, you already know this as well, but Kim Wilson is a listener from Ontario. Oh,
1: yes. Yes, and yes, neither yes.
0: of us know her. No. Now, having said that, I did go on Facebook and creep. Did you? So we have seven mutual friends, including Broadway's Come From Away, Petrina Bromley. Mm. Um, so we have seven mutual friends, or I do. You probably have some as well. Uh, well yeah, I, I wasn't sure, a creep. I mean, to yeah. be honest with you, yeah, okay, keep anyway, going. She's not a, a complete stranger. Some, no. But, and she lived in Newfoundland at some point so that yeah. I just found on Facebook. So Kim, if you know one of us,
1: let us know. Let us know because
0: again, we've just proved we remember nothing.
1: Yes. So and we've also been proving that we are
0: stupid beyond measure. Yeah. So I'm hoping we're not being rude and saying that we don't know you, but I don't think that we do. We it's may your be aunt. like a long term acquaintance. And <laughs> Kim? And Kim? Um. But anyway, she messaged to say um, that we make her feel old. Mm. Uh, Because um, Audrey Hepburn, which this is a quote that I said. I said, Audrey Hepburn is the daughter of Catherine Hepburn. This is not true. Nope. Says Kim. And and I looked it up, and it's not true. But um, it's a common misconception that a lot of people did think this. Hmm. But they are not related. in, in the slightest. Well, there you go. So my bad. Lastly. Oh. Did you want to jump
1: in there? Well, I'll wait for you to finish yours in case that my correction is the same as yours. It's not. Mine's not
0: a correction. So you go on.
1: Okay. Um... I listened to the to the podcast, the the most recent episode, yeah. uh, and Mongolia is an active country. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> we are stupid. We are stupid, and I'm so sorry for anybody who somehow got offended by that. But we are stupid. Mongolia is an active. country. I knew there was something to do with countries, but what, yeah. I, what I looked, I went, I said, I said how many countries there
0: are, and I said 196. You were also incorrect. There's no, like
1: 200 and something.
0: There are not. Oh. I looked it up, but I couldn't get a definitive answer. One thing did say there are 196 countries. Another thing said there's 193 and another one. But apparently, um, the United States actually... Um, what's the word? Um, like, accepts fewer countries than, than the United Nations. Oh, yes, The United yes, Nations yes, says yes, there yes. are 200 and something.
1: Yeah. The U.S. They, they only would, acknowledge so They only many. acknowledge 193 oh, or something. Oh, douchey. So douchey. I just Googled it in that second. It said 195. But... During the
0: still impressed with myself,
1: yeah. During the Michael Jordan uh, documentary, The Last Dance, was yes. one of the last episodes they talked about how Michael Jordan's impression during right. his seasons in the NBA actually enlarged the scope of basketball and the NBA. Right. And the CEO of the NBA came out and said, "Well, now the NBA is active in more than 217 countries, or 200 and something countries." And I was like, "That's a lot. That doesn't seem right. That well, would be literally every country." Well, maybe it is.
0: Weird. I mean, yeah, maybe it is. You okay. know? Why wouldn't you say all of them? The NBA is now active
1: in all the countries. But maybe there's 218. Yeah, maybe. A minus one. Yeah, you have, okay. to be, you have to be correct. You can't just be going around on a public forum spewing information you know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff and Evan. Idiots. Um. So the other thing
0: is not a correction, but um, longtime listener and friend, Leah McDonald, yeah. sent a message because she saw this article about how Um, you know how the Bible has been translated into many um, languages. Yep. Um, Full translations, 698 different languages. Do you know how many languages there are? 698? No. 6,500 languages on Earth. (laughs) That blew my mind. Yeah. That's a lot of languages. Whose
1: job was it to collect that information? I don't know. It would be fascinating, though. Thank you to whomever. Point being, I looked this up. Leah didn't tell me this. But point
0: being, the Bible has been translated... Into cockney rhyming slang.
1: You. <laughs> S- I want to. Tell me you have examples.
0: I have, so- yes! I have so many examples. I was like, okay, Evan, stop, stop. Okay, this is, this is from the Adam and Eve from Genesis. Uh, Adam says, I'll have to do it in like accent one. Nah. Ooh, and. Uh, <laughs> wait, cockney, cockney. Oi, Evel, yeah, yo, you, okay. Oi, an apple just for me. I'm Hank Marvin. Time for tea. Half mo? We're both stalkers. Oh no. God says, Big body Rubble, what are you like? Garden of Eden, on your bike. Your are Toblerone. You want grub, you grow your own. They didn't have to leave it when God said, Oi, apple, leave it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've also got the nativity. What a sight. Follow that star, by camel or car, down the frog and toad, the Nazareth Road. <laughs> <laughs> really lock into my right it's now. turning
1: it's, into a little Australian
0: It's a little Australian a little Australian. Uh, <laughs> I've got the resurrection The Resur- resurrection <laughs> And so Jesus is crucified I'm dying <laughs> So Jesus is crucified But Jesus, brown bread That's Pete Tong In cloud seven where he came from The lemon curd No Brussels sprout Cheese and rice Is all about I did I want I went Australian again
1: You Australian
0: um, Jesus Christ yeah. awesome. I also have The Lord's Prayer uh. Oh, cogney. Hello Dad <laughs> 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 Up there in good old Evan Your name is well Great and holy And we respect you Gov We hope we can <laughs> all ever Respect have a bu- you Gov We hope we can all ever Butchers at Evan And be there as soon as possible And we want to make you happy Gov <laughs> And do what you want here on earth Just like what you do up in heaven, <laughs> Gov Please give us some Uncle Fred and enough grub and stuff to keep us going today. We hope you'll forgive us when we cock things up, just like we're supposed to forgive them who annoy us and do dodgy stuff to us. There's a lot of dodgy people out there, Gov. Please don't let us get tempted to do bad stuff. Help keep us away from all the nasty evil stuff and keep that dodgy Satan away from us, because you're much stronger than him. You're the boss, guard and we'll be forever, it? Cheers. Amen.
1: <laughs> was, it, you're the, was it you're the chief? You're the
0: boss god, and we'll be forever. In it? In it. <laughs> so good. Oh. As soon as Leah told me, I was like, I have got some work to do. That was great. Thank you. Um, so, Jeff, <sighs> on to... The I'm sweating. Th- the t- I have a little warm. let see we're in a close proximity. The thermostat mm. says 22, but it feels much hotter. Yes, the thermostat says 22, but why is it that I feel warmer <laughs> than you do? <laughs> No. Uh, so I'm going to talk to you about the mystery of Oak Island. Ooh, that sounds like the beginning of a Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> uh, <reggae>? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in Nova Scotia last week. Oh, I was in Nova Scotia. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm staying with my sister and my brother-in-law. And Edith, we're watching something anyway. He somehow brings up Oak Island. And I'm like, what's Oak Island? He's like, oh, you know, the mystery of Oak Island where... They say that Captain Kidd's treasure is buried. I was like, "Where is this?" He's like, "It's like you my know.
1: name is Captain
0: Kidd. As I sail, as I sail." Good. Uh, he's like, "It's like you know, forty kilometers away." And I was mm-hmm. like, "What are you talking about?" There's a there's an island off of Nova Scotia where they say Captain Kidd's treasure is buried. He's like, "Yeah, a bunch of other stuff too." I'm like, great, let's it's
1: go. Hashtag explaining. Get the spade Get the spade. Yeah. Get the map. Yeah. Come on, we go. Couldn't go. It was closed. Well, but I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So COVID. COVID.
0: Uh, So just 200 meters off the coast of Nova Scotia is a privately owned island. Only 140 acres. Oak Island is home to one of the world's most publicized mysteries. (sighs) The original story was first told by early settlers and involves a dying sailor who stated that treasure worth 2 million pounds had been buried on the island. And he knew because he was there when it was buried, because he wasn't just a sailor. He was a pirate who just happened to be a crew member on the Blessed William, the ship of notorious pirate, Captain Kidd. Oh, I thought
1: you were going to say Captain Jack Sparrow. (laughs) Captain Hook. (laughs) Remember the crocodile? Yes, I do.
0: Okay, you were looking at me like I was losing my mind.
1: No, I was waiting to see if I could add something, but (laughs) a dead crocodile doesn't make any other noise. No, good point.
0: Yeah. Of course, this story circled around town. This is like the 1700s, by the way. Oh, okay, great. So this circles around town and was passed down from generation to generation until 1799 when Daniel McGinnis is walking around looking for a good spot to have a farm. (laughs) And he discovers a (laughs) depression in the ground. There are three large oak trees Mm -hmm. making a pyramid. (gasps) And on one of the trees are some markings. He's like, this is weird. This is out in the middle of nowhere. Why would there be markings on this tree?
1: Well, hey, Scoo! (laughs) One of the trees got some markings
0: on it. Remembering the stories that he heard as a kid of Captain Kidd's treasure, he gets some shovels and a couple friends, Mm. and they start to dig. Yeah, and they find a layer of flagstones two feet below the surface. Flagstones? Yeah, so like these, like like flat stones that would be like they wouldn't you wouldn't dig for two feet and then find all these rocks. Flat or
1: flag? Oh, but they just happen to also be flat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, flagstones are used a lot for like constructing, like you know pillars and burial sites for two million pounds yeah
0: yeah uh so they keep digging every 10 feet they find an oak platform mm. they start to realize that they are in a pit they can see tool marks and pick scrapes on the walls of the pit i love that i can touch the walls i was gonna here. say i was like I where it's, it's about are we this there? thick, this d- thick what? Um, <laughs> uh, the earth was noticeably loose where they were digging, but the walls that had the, the pick marks on them were still hard-packed soil that had clearly not been destroyed before. No. But what they were digging seemed like it had been dug up before. At 30 feet, the three men abandoned their excavation due to superstitious dread.
1: 30 feet is how far they went before they were like, no, bye. Yep, they got down to 30 feet. Superstitious
0: dread. They found three layers of oak Planks. platforms. But like...
1: That seems silly. Why give up? I mean, they were just using shovels. But superstitious dread. Yeah, I don't know why that is. That's laziness. Laziness. Laziness.
0: Three years later, 1802, a group known as the Onslow Company allegedly sailed from central Nova Scotia to Oak Island. Wait,
1: pause. Did they fill in the the 30-foot hole? No, they just left it there. So there's just a 30-foot hole? Yeah. For kids to just fall in? Yeah. Dogs to go running by? Cat and kid falling in the hole. (laughs) 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 My
0: name is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they go there, the Onslow company, to recover what they believe to be hidden treasure. Mm. They continue the excavation excavation down to about ninety feet, <gasps> still with layers of logs found about every ten feet. They also discover layers of layers of charcoal, putty, and coconut fiber. But also, ninety feet is like not small. No, it's real deep. Uh, <laughs> along with a large stone inscribed with symbols. Stay tuned for more on the stone. Mm. The dig- we, we will now have a commercial break um, <laughs> The diggers now begin to face a dilemma When the pit flooded With 60 feet of water For no apparent reason Just water
1: gushing Is it, Was it near a water source? I
0: mean it's an island so yes
1: It's surrounded yeah, by water Thank god we're surrounded <laughs> But like did Was there like a tidal wave? Was it like close enough to the water? Or it could be like high tide? The water low tide? didn't pour in from the above It started to flood from the bottom So they went through the entire island to the arse of it, and the water came up. No. That's like digging down to China. No, that's that's
0: not what happened. They just hit a water source. Somewhere water started coming in from. So say they got down 90 feet, and maybe there was like, whatever. I'm going to explain it later, okay? Hang Mm. your, hold on, your horses. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The workers attempted to recover the treasure from below by digging a tunnel from a second shaft and going across over. But like So they dug another 90-foot shaft and tried to make a tunnel over. Sure. But that flooded, too. Of course. The last major company um, during the unpublished era was called the Churro Company, which was formed by investors in 1849. So the buyers were like, let's spend our money and get in on this. The pit was re-excavated back down to 86 feet, but ended up flooding again. These guys decided to drill five boreholes into the original shaft. The auger passed through a spruce platform at 98 feet, then hit layers of oak, then something described as metal in pieces, another source layer, and clay for seven feet. So they, when they, guessed, they took the drill up, they figured out what yeah, was it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another shaft was then dug 109 feet northwest of the original shaft, and a tunnel was again branched off in an attempt to intersect the treasure. What year was this? Uh, 1849.
1: So what tools did they have? Shovels. That sounds miserable. Yeah, doesn't it? That sounds like a miserable task today, let alone with, like, spades. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because even if you're using a crane, how are you getting the crane down from ground 109 feet? (sighs) Once again, seawater floods the new shaft. Mm -hmm. Workers began to assume the water was connected to the sea as the flooded water rose and fell with the tide. Mm. The churro company switches resources and begins excavating a nearby cove known as Smith's Cove, where they found a flood tunnel system. When they couldn't shut off the flood system, one final shaft was dug 119 feet deep, with the tunnel going uh, under the original shaft. They were hoping to come up underneath it. Sometime during the excavation of the tunnel, the bottom of the original shaft collapsed. It was later speculated that the treasure was there and had fallen through the new shaft into a deep void, causing the new shaft to flood as well. 1851. True Company runs out of money and dissolves. 1861 the oak island association begins excavating the original pit was re-excavated to 88 feet and two more shafts were dug because every time it's flooded of course the debris and everything is filling it back in so both breached the flood tunnel and are filled with water one of the platforms in the original shaft collapsed and dropped to a lower level this causes the next two oak platforms to drop so now they're thinking the treasure is sitting about 119 feet below ground with an estimated 10,000 feet of lumber i don't know what that meant 10,000 feet of lumber, meaning like if you were to add all of the pieces of lumber that fell together, they would be 10,000 feet in length. Like you'd stack them up on one another? Right. So Mm. I don't know what that meant. 119 feet underground with 10,000 feet of lumber. (laughs) To be honest with you, that is not the part of this talk so far that's confusing to me. No. Okay. (laughs) Um, The first death occurred when a pump engine boiler burst. Oh, they built another shaft and used it to keep funneling out the water but they couldn't do it fast enough to empty it uh, they didn't recover much of the tools from the previous two excavation teams so like small victories they got a couple little freebies out of it so, but who did they kill? oh I don't know some random I didn't even write down his name oh.
1: honest to god Evan you two this whole story <laughs> can't even remember the person who died Oh, there's more than one.
0: What? Yep, sorry. Who the association also... <laughs> tells your story.
1: Will they lie there
0: evermore? <laughs> the association also did some work at Smith's Cove as well, drilling a few shafts in an attempt to shut off and seal the flood tunnels. It didn't work. The tides were constantly breaking down whenever they did, and the walls of the original money pit, as it was now called by this point, were becoming unsafe. Some mining engineers inspected it and called it unsafe for anyone to go down into. Excuse me, and a bunch of the workers um who were um like digging, I guess. Diggin'. Diggin'. Um, oh, were like, digging, digging. Um digging and like, I got it. I'm not going down there. And then their money ran out. 1866, the Oak Island El Dorado Company or the Halifax Company formed to find the treasure. They drilled more exploratory holes and then gave up the next year.
1: This sounds like a lot of companies who are at the brink of bankruptcy and say, right? What are we gonna do with well, well, our last ten thousand dollars? They're like, Well, yeah. we can't invest it back into the industry that we're known for and try to rebuild our empire. No. Let's go digging for a two million pound treasure that may or may not exist.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is, if they believed it was there, it was two million pounds in seventeen hundreds, which today would be about one billion dollars.
1: That's not how that works.
0: That's what it said in the thing that I read.
1: It goes the other way around. Two million pounds today would be equivalent to a billion dollars then. But a billion dollars then would be worth two million now. Because inflation That's... goes the other direction.
0: Inflation means it gets bigger. Inflation.
1: Yes, but what I'm saying, like, it's dollar value.
0: Correct. Yeah, so like two million, so $2 million pounds then... would be worth today one billion dollars. That's how inflation works. Things get bigger. Think about when your your father was your grandfather was a kid. He went with a nickel
1: no, 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 to the no. store to get chips and whatever, and whatever. And now no, no, it's no. way more than that. The dollar never changed. The value of what you bought changed. So that there is always going to be two million pounds sitting in that bank. So back then, two million dollars or two million pounds was worth a lot more then than it is worth today. Because that two million pounds could only buy you a house, but back then, two million pounds could have bought you the whole damn cove. Because inflation isn't the amount of dollars. Yeah, but it's not it's a dollar value. bill
0: sitting in the hole. That's the what thing. Is,
1: no, what is it? Two two billion, Two million pounds, whether it's coin or treasure or... That's what I mean. So they, I guess somehow they say, like, I know what you're saying. Yes. Like yes. The, a dollar bill from years and years and years ago or whatever. Like if it yeah. was coin. like, a, yes. like a, I'm thinking like a plunder chest and you break it open. There's like two billion pounds worth of coins. Right. But if there was like trinkets and gold necklaces... Yeah, and I think like- that's what they're saying. Whatever, you know, whatever, would, whatever would
0: have been there would like, have been worth a billion dollars today. Like
1: in parts of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah. Where they go, like, you know how that whole little island section is just all like trinkets and coins and treasure? Yes. Like that whole net worth yes. is worth two million pounds. Right. Yeah. So yeah, today if they were to find it, yes, it would be hopefully if it retains its values after what? 80 floods yeah. from buyers trying Should to— A bit of
0: rust. A bit of WD-40 neat and a bit of Goo Gone <laughs> or something. <laughs> a bit of elbow grease. Um, so yeah, 1896, an unknown group arrives on the island mm. with steam pumps and boring equipment. Just wasn't that exciting, I guess. <laughs> 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 boring. Although the pumps were unable to keep water out, they did get some samples. One brought up a tiny piece of sheepskin parchment. It had two letters, V I or W I written in Indian ink, which is an old ink commonly used for writing. So this would be like, like I don't well, I don't know what this is. Sheepskin would have been very expensive to get in the seventeen hundreds.
1: Well if you had two million pounds.
0: Yeah. This is when the second accidental death occurs in eighteen ninety six when Maynard Kaiser, I wrote his name down. Yeah. Fell to his death in the pit. Yeah, hundred and ten fees. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> but he didn't feel it much. Smack, she's gone. 1898, uh, the unknown group pours red paint into the blooded pit and reportedly, flooded pit, and reportedly, oh, you get this blooded now after Maynard. Oh, right here. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Maney. Uh, they pour red paint into the flooded pit and reportedly reveal three exit holes around the island. I never would have thought of that. That's smart. Because I'll the, the water is coming in, paint. so the water's going somewhere. Yes, yeah, so they pour paint down in there and then true. they see where it comes out around the island. True. Um, in 1909, the gold, the old gold salvage group arrives, led by Captain Henry L. Baudouin, okay. accompanied by none other than a very young Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who would later become the 32nd president of the United States, and served an unpre. I didn't know this. He served four terms as president. You know how George Washington's like, George Washington's coming home. History has its eyes. Yeah. Only served two terms. No one should serve more than two terms. Yeah. Roosevelt served four. Was he before or after Washington? Washington was the first one. Oh. Washington was the first president of the United States.
1: Oh, was he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know. Okay. I honestly didn't know. The whole concept know. of
0: Hamilton, they're forming the country. Yes,
1: I knew that, but I didn't know that he was officially the first. Oh, yeah. He's the first. He, nice. He's the one. But yeah, so the it because they were
0: going through another war and stuff. Mm -hmm. Somehow he was just like, I'm gonna run again. And at that now you can't actually do it. They've actually put a law in. You can only serve two terms. Well, Trump is is after trying to elect supreme power to the chancellor. Yeah, but now there's a law in there you can't do more than two. But at the time, yeah, I know. Thanks. Um, But then at the time there wasn't a law. It was just like Washington said, two is enough, and everybody was like, yeah, you're right. Two is enough. Yeah. But and no one ever ran for a third. He ran for a third and then a fourth and then got and won and died in office. Uh, anyway. Wolf. By now, the money pit was cleared out to 113 feet and divers were sent down to investigate with no results. Um, he, who's he? Oh, Captain Baudouin or whatever. Also examines the stone cipher that I mentioned earlier. It's since been moved to Halifax, but he finds it to have no symbols. So here's the weird thing with this rock. Okay, it's, it's a 90 foot rock. Okay, it's a 90 foot piece of stone. Sure. So, how they got it out of there, I don't know. When they got it out of there, this guy named Smith took it and put it as like the main focus of his fireplace. So, all the neighbors would go over and see this big old stone. It was like, oh, yeah, look at all this, 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 the scribbles on that. That's amazing. That's what does that mean? He scribbled it himself. No, apparently it was already there, like, like really hard. Apparently, to... it's already there. Apparently, everything is apparent with this story. Mm. Um, so yeah, so he got it as a fireplace and then everyone says they see these symbols and then eventually it gets moved to a book binding museum or something in Halifax. And people, some people go and they're like, that's not, that's not scribbles. That's just like somebody scraped a rock. Mm-hmm. They're like, sure. Anyway, since that business closed in like, I can't remember now, 1919, no one has since seen that stone. But a couple, I don't know if you'd call them scientists, like investigators, I guess.
1: (laughs) I don't know if you'd call us
0: scientists. (laughs) Um, One said that the inscriptions, when they decrypted it, said, 40 feet below... Lies two million pounds Which to me sounds
1: way too specific Yep <laughs> Who would have written that on the stone? Forty feet below will be like, An assortment of treasures Gold, yes. necklaces, crayons that For an itemized <laughs> list Please turn the stone over Right? <laughs> to an honorary net worth Of roughly around two million pounds <laughs> Now given inflation over the next 100 years <laughs> When you
0: find this Stupid <laughs> Anyway um, now- <laughs> But I, I just find it so stupid. It's so stupid. Apparently the Smith family went on to great wealth after leaving Oak Island. But I can say with certainty that I don't know how true that is. <laughs> no, I haven't, I haven't seen a cent. No. No by. Uh, anyway, the old gold savage group is fed up and off they go. But Roosevelt kept up with Oak Island News even while president, right up until his death. He kept checking back with Oak Island and to the point where when he visited Halifax during his second term. He had a secret trip to Oak Island planned, and the fog was in, and he couldn't get out. That's how much he was into it. 1928. Gilbert Hedden sees an article in the New York Times that talks about Oak Island, and he is fascinated by the engineering problems involved. He's like, why can't these guys figure this out? Mm-hmm. He makes six trips to the island and collects books and articles about the island. Uh, He meets the author um, of Captain Kidd and his skeleton because he finds links to Oak Island in the book. He's like, I think the island they're talking about is Oak Island. He purchases the southeastern end of the island and starts digging and informs King George VI about developments on the island throughout his lifetime. Which is like, all of the developments were like, (laughs) haven't found any yet, Georgie. Um, In 1959, Robert Restall... Uh, His work partner, Kyle Graser, and his 18-year-old son show up and sign a contract with one of the property owners. They try to seal what they think is a storm drain in Smith's Cove and dig a shaft down to 27 feet. Restall is overcome by hydrogen sulfide fumes. His son goes down Booby traps. Right? (laughs) And then loses consciousness. Graser and two others go down to attempt to save the two men. So now there's four guys down there. Another guy stumbles upon the side, just walking by out for a jog, attempts to lower himself down on a rope, which I can't imagine you did
1: on your own, so there must have been someone with you. Um, Unless the Mm -hmm. rope was already tied from the two other guys going down to chase the other ones. Yeah, it's true. He was like, oh, what's this rope doing down here? (laughs) (laughs) I gotta go see now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to be at church now for the next three hours. Yeah, let's go down. Come on.
0: He attempts to lower himself down on the rope into the shaft and was able to bring out one of the men. The other four died. Oh. Us here making jokes. Yeah, I know. So now we're up to six deaths. Uh, I think that's all of them, though. Um, The humor can continue now. Yes, good (laughs) now. In 1965, Robert Dunfield leases portions of the island. He digs a pit to the depth of 134 feet and 100 feet wide using a seven-ton digging crane. There we go. Now we're in the 60s. Welcome to the 60s. Uh, 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 Uh-oh, you uh, got uh, a uh, crane, uh. Rob. Transporting the crane to the <laughs> island required the cons-
1: digging
0: dig dig. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um that was hairspray for anyone out there. Hairspray. Um <laughs> transporting the crane to the island required the construction of a causeway which still exists there today. So you can take the quaz- causeway, the causeway, over to the island. His lease ended in 1866 before he found anything of value. 1866, 19- Sorry, 1966. 19, thank you. 1960. knowing Daniel Blakenship and David Tobias from Form Triton Alliance, after purchasing most of the island. Um, who are they buying this island from? The people who owned it before them. Yeah. It's all these people who won't. because people lived on it in the 1700s and 1800s. Sure. So, like, as families moved away from the like resettlement, blah blah blah, blah Sure. Sure. Um, certain families still own it, and they were like, "We'll buy it from you." And They're like, "Great, Go I'm on. happy to make money." Giddy up! They get a, they make a 235 foot shaft known as borehole 10x. They have cameras lowered down the shaft into a cave, recording. Possible chests, human remains, Ugh. wooden cribbing, and tools. But the images were unclear and none of the claims have been confirmed. Yeah, seems pretty vague. Yep. Um, the shaft later collapsed and the excavation was abandoned again. Then their friendship goes to henshit, and that's the end of that. That's, <laughs> a, that's one of my mom's favorite expressions friendship hen goes shit? to henshit. Uh, 1983, Triton Alliance sues a former co owner, Fred Nolan. Um, that's a good Nova Scotia name, Fred Nolan. Fred Nolan. Over ownership of seven lots. Nolan's ownership is confirmed, but he pays damages for interfering with Triton's tourist business. Mm. 1990s legal battles continue and Triton partners just have no money left. Which leads me to believe that the amount of money <sighs> on Oak Island wasn't near what they spent trying to get the treasure.
1: That's what I'm trying to tell you. Right? All these Not companies were like, we got nothing left.
0: Yeah. <sighs> and also just like,
1: needed something exciting in their life. When our merch business finally dries up, we will take what revenue we have, we will go there, and we will dig a three-foot hole because we are both useless and not
0: able to dig holes. Be exhausted. (laughs) Uh, In 2005, a portion of the island was for sale for $7 U.S. Lot 5 was currently owned by a local, and it was hoped by the local tourism groups that the government of Canada would purchase the island. But instead, in come the Americans. (sighs) The U.S. drillers... Bought it up. April 2006, Rick, Rick and Marty Legina of Michigan purchased 50% of Oak Island Tours from David Tobias for an undisclosed sum. That's a funny name. Why isn't it? Rick. <laughs> the rest of the company is owned by Blake and Ship, who stopped talking to Tobias. I sort of made that up, but when it says like their friendship went away, I was like, they probably don't speak anymore. Uh, the Legina brothers, along with their invested uh, investors and some other members, name themselves the Michigan Group and work with Ship to resume operations on Oak Island in the hope of discovering buried treasure and solving the island's mystery. Mm. July 2010. This is
1: like half recently.
0: Very recently. The Nova Scotia Department of Natural Resources and Tourism, Culture, and Heritage grant them a treasure trove license, which allowed them to resume activities until December 31st of that year. They do. Don't find much. The Mm -hmm. departments repealed this and replaced it with the Oak Island Treasure Act. They created a bill, which became effective January 1st, 2011, allowing treasure hunting to continue on the island under the terms of a license issued by the Minister of Natural Resources. The further explorations of the Legina brothers had been documented in a reality TV show airing on the History Channel called Curse of Oak Island, which is now going on its eighth season. So they're still actively digging. They're still at it. Their last episode came out in April of 2020. Okay,
1: pause. Yep. Is there not greater technology of like ultrasound radio waves or x-rays or there's some, some sort of wave I'm sure I haven't talked about yet that can actually show what's underneath the ground?
0: I don't know that, but I'm going to soon tell you what scientists think. So the main issue here is we've got this pit. There's clearly a lot of man-made shit going on Because there's these platforms that are built yeah. To allow people to get in and out of this shaft yeah. To me, this cannot be disputed And the shaft constantly flooding Is thought to be a man-made tunnel Feeding seawater into the pit Yeah, It's like, say it's Captain Kidd yeah. They're like, no one's going to get this Unless they know how to get down there They've got these platforms in a, As a way to either get up or get down Or both Sure And then they created this tunnel So if you don't do it in the right way It's flooding That's what they think Okay? Not necessarily true Sure Scientists say that due to the island's freshwater underground pools and tidal pressures, this would cause flooding to occur naturally, not to mention that the type of limestone found in the pit would easily dissolve when exposed to water. So if the water is, say like they go down 120 feet, and now they're below sea level on the sides, once water starts exposing, the limestone's just going away to nutting says some scientists. Sure. According to Joe Nickel, there is no treasure. The pit is a natural phenomenon, probably a sinkhole connected to limestone passages or caverns. It resembles uh, human-made... Sorry, it resembles human-made... Hang on, we're going to cut this. Any resemblance to human-made objects in the pit are due to the texture of the debris. He says sinkholes would have...
1: Sinkhole, sinkhole.
0: <laughs> Sinkholes would have fillings softer than the surrounding ground and give the impression it had been dug up before, even if it hadn't, because of the in- ground that uh, the earth would have been sucked in. Sure. <laughs> the platforms of rotten logs, he says, are just trees damaged by blowdowns or wildfires periodically falling or washing into the pit throughout hundreds of years. It's not an actual platform of wood every 10 feet. No, it's, it's trees. It's just trees getting sucked down. Okay. But they are consistently about 10 feet. Over and over and over and over and over. So that's weird. There's, we- there's weirdness to it. Even the things that are explained, it's like... There's hanky-panky. There's hanky-panky. There's are still like, but... So everyone, everyone is not convinced. Theories now include Captain Kidd's treasure, of course. Maybe Blackbeard could be involved. Mm. The Templars, the Knights Templar, mm. Masons or Incas seeking to squirrel their treasure away from the Spanish. Or that British engineers and sailors dug the pit to store loot acquired during the British invasion of Cuba. During the Seven Years War Sure Another theory In 1789 Revolutionaries incited an angry mob Of Parisian working women To march on the Palace of Versailles Go away Marie Antoinette is living there at this time Oh Yep yeah, She's currently a tenant okay. <laughs> She's instructed her maid to flee with her jewels This is a fact the maid fled to London with the jewels and then fled from London to Nova Scotia. This much is true.
1: Quick, flee with my jewels, <laughs> but don't forget to write it on the rock, the net worth, before you leave. <laughs> it needs to be well documented. So the maid eventually ends up in Nova Scotia.
0: Some say she used her royal connections to contract the French Navy to construct the Oak Island pit for Marie Antoinette's jewels. <laughs> it seems weirdly specific. Like, are they that good? It also sounds like, funny. Put them in a box.
1: Marie Antoinette's jewels. <laughs>
0: In his 1953 book The Oak Island Enigma A History and Inquiry Into the Origin of the Money Pit Oh <laughs> So that's a mouthful <laughs> that's Isn't it, it. Uh, He wrote That the pit Was used to hide Manuscripts Indicating that Francis Bacon Was the author Of William Shakespeare's works So Francis in- <laughs> oh! <laughs> Francis Bacon <laughs> Is like this Like aristocrat From the 1500s Who oh. a lot of people Attribute to 1500s? never Shakespeare was alive Sure They attribute a lot of Shakespeare's writings to this guy. Some people think Shakespeare was not a thing. Oh, it's just like some guy who took credit. Yeah. Um, So they say there's there's manuscripts there that prove that Shakespeare was not Shakespeare.
1: Yeah. Who cares? That sounds like an Area Fifty One kind of thing.
0: Yeah. In this book, Oak Island Secrets, Mark Finnan noted that many Masonic markings were found on Oak Island. And the shaft or pit and its mysterious contents seem to replicate aspects of a Masonic initiation rite involving a hidden vault with a sacred treasure.
2: Hmm.
0: And who do the Masons derive from, Jeff? Why, the Knights Templar, of course. And some theorize that Oak Island might be the final resting place of the Holy Grail or the Ark of the Covenant. The, buddy. On Oak Island. False off the coast of Nova Scotia. <laughs> Nova Scotia.
1: Yeah. Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Here, Jesus, oh, put this false. in there.
0: Um, There is no doubt that for centuries, settlers have landed on Oak Island, and artifacts that have been found to date include red clover and other plants foreign to the area, which would have had to have been brought there by ship. Sure. A whistle made of bone or ivory with an ancient pattern. Gross. Another whistle made of bone or ivory shaped like a violin. Oh. Nice working there with your ivory. Sure, I guess, yeah, go on then. A copper coin weighing an ounce and a half, dating back to either 1317 or 1713. Make up your mind guys. Mm. The person who read it was just dyslexic. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they found bits of China. I mean, if you're digging China. that far, you're going to find bits of China, aren't <laughs> you? <laughs> 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 this
2: is just the truth. Yeah, a What's the
0: show where they actually have that weird elevator thing that brings them through the earth and they flip over and they end up in China? Mm, you mean it, my childhood? No, Did the, you ever try to dig, dig for China as a child? Yes. Yeah. Um, no, there's a TV show, like Babar or something. Well, There's one of these, or Tintin. One of these oh, TV shows I watched as a kid. Babar. Was it Babar? Babar. 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 They used to get in an elevator. The elevator would Elephants. take them down yeah. and flip over, and then they would be in China? Maybe it's not any of that. Someone tell us. It's a show from the early 90s. Inspector Gadget? Not Inspector Gadget, but <laughs> that realm, that period. Yeah. Um, I don't know a story about Inspector Gadget. <laughs> I don't know, Evan, do I? The other day, I was hanging out. Tiffany and I were over to her parents for dinner. And we were talking to her parents. And somehow, Inspector Gadget came up. And Paul like, oh, my God, loves Inspector Gadget. I'm like, what do you mean? Inspector Gadget, you would have been like 25 when Inspector Gadget came. He's was like, yeah, Nancy and I used to watch it. i like, the cartoon Inspector Gadget? I'm like, yeah. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, well, well, I used to live on um, what's the street that goes down with the delta? It's sort of sketchy. Um, uh, starts with a C. Circular. No, it doesn't matter. It's it doesn't matter. When I used to live on Blank Street, uh, sure. <laughs> um, we like there was only two channels back then, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was like CBC and NTV. So like, if you were drinking on Friday night and you want to hang out in bed all day on Saturday,
1: what do you, you watch? What do you watch?
0: One of two channels. So You least, watch
1: Babar and Inspector so like Gadget. it was like the
0: news at the same time or Inspector Gadget. It was like, well, we're watching Inspector Gadget. Too
1: hung over to watch the news, right? <laughs> Too scared. And apparently,
0: frequently because like that's what they would do on Saturday afternoons was just like lie in bed and like eat food and watch that TV. That is Hilarious. Only thing to watch, Inspector Gadget. That is the best thing I've ever heard. Isn't it? I laughed so hard when I heard. Oh, it's so good. Uh, other things they found a Spanish coin dating back to 1598 or 1958. Who's to say? Who's to say? Gold shavings. And Mm. coconut
1: fiber dating back to the 1200s. Okay. Mm. If they can't figure out the coin, how could they figure out the coconut fibers? I guess because they can... um, I call bullshit on their life, not on you. Yeah, I'm not
0: being bullshit, but I guess they can, uh, what do you call it? Carbon Carbon date. date. Yeah, but you can also
1: carbon date copper. You can carbon date coal, gold. Can you carbon date the coin? Yes, absolutely. Probably more accurately than fibers on a coconut. I don't know. Anyway, maybe. maybe they put the lime in the Coke, you know, and they <laughs> drank <laughs> it all up, yeah. and then they couldn't tell where the coin came from. <laughs> no.
0: uh, as well, in 2015, descendants of the McGinnis and Vaughn families, and they were the families who helped Buddy dig the pit for sure. the first time, oh. claimed that McGinnis, Vaughn, and Smith took three treasure chests out in 1795, and that a cross remains of this
1: treasure. One of the families still has a cross that they say was the last remaining piece of this treasure. <gasps> so it's actually worth 1.998722 million pounds. Yeah. Today, the search continues by the Legina brothers for what they believe
0: is Captain Kidd's treasure and if found, two million pounds would be worth a billion dollars today. Which, wow. Which again, like, they spent, at like, if they all put their money together, they spent way more than that by now. Way more. Waste of dollar bills. idiots. Meanwhile, I do want to watch the show. I bet it's exciting because it's one of those, like, it's one of those reality shows where you know every episode like, oh, what do we got here? And what we you, got? It's like, Another mm. coconut fiber. <laughs> or like a coin maybe from you last year, maybe yeah. from five hundred years ago. Oh, look, it's a pack of cigarettes. Johnny, that's yours. Oh yeah, you're rice. Yeah, no, your Look, rice. bones. It's like, well remember the guy who fell in the pit? It's that's like, his oh, bone again. Gosh, God. Poor yes, old Marvin. Yes, no, what's his yes. name? Of that? Marvin?
1: We don't know his name, that's the point. No, one of them we knew. <sighs> Jeff. Sucks to suck.
0: Sucks to suck, boy.
1: I think that was the most interesting thing. Uh, not the most interesting thing. I take that back. It was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Just go with what you said. But
0: no, it, it feels more interesting
1: because for some reason to me, it's more interesting because it's so close yeah. to cross the pond. It, it's kind of like if we were to tell that same story in yeah. like California, I'd be like, nah. Or even like, you know, off the coast
0: of South Africa, yeah. there's an
1: island where be and like... people just dug for like 200 years and yeah. didn't find anything. Well. I'd be like, idiots. But they're right. our idiots. They're our that's, idiots. We yeah. are the idiots. Yeah, it's yeah. like
0: when, like you know, the Titanic sunk off the coast of Newfoundland, and yes. you know, it's like, it's it's like, oh, off the coast of Newfoundland. I mean, it's a yeah. big thing anyway. Yeah. Obviously, there's blockbuster movies about it. Yeah, but it's like it feels like, oh, off the coast of Newfoundland. I yeah. mean, that's that's just right there. That's right home. By- yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Was <laughs> 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 that? Come from away? Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, onwards to Misa topics. Christian soldiers. All right. So we are jumping into my topic. So my topic, um was, was it a send-in?
0: I think it was a send-in from uh Jill Benoit, who yes. from Steve Mill, yep. who I've known for God, I don't know, twenty years. Yeah. I coached her daughter Marigold yeah. at Munn this year. Gorgeous girl. Yeah. And um yeah.
1: So here we are. So uh, this topic is the Bermuda Triangle, yeah. Triangles is making a full term. Remember the triangle of trees, the, with tri- the markings. Yeah. Oh. yeah, 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 yeah. The triangle of the pyramids, the triangle of the Illuminati, Area 51. Listen, if my internet browser wasn't compromised, my yep. IP address. Yep. Uh, now again,
0: does... I don't think the Bermuda Triangle is affected by man. Really, Evan? Okay. Mm. So I've been to Bermuda. Bermuda is. It's. I mean, it's presumably the Bermuda Triangle is around Bermuda. I mean, one would... One would. Yeah. So I've been to Bermuda. Bermuda. Why can I say that? But it was a gorgeous <laughs> spot. Gorgeous. It's just an island, very small, very expensive. It's owned by the British, so everything is in pounds. So it's expensive anyway, because everything's doubled.
1: After the inflation of two million pounds. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, but lovely vacation. And we drove around the whole island in like an hour and a half on mopeds. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point of my story was On my way there I mean we've all known About the Bermuda Triangle Since we were you know, It's like a popular thing Since we were yeah. kids But I don't remember On my way there being like Oh right the Bermuda Triangle we fly over that Will we die That's a hundred percent What I'd be thinking I'll tell right. you that for free. I don't know why I didn't think that I no, don't know. know Maybe on the way Because it's only like Off the coast of Off the coast of Newfoundland Is an island Where is it? It's, it's on the Atlantic Ocean Right? It's not far from Canada at all it wasn't a long flight
1: Where, like where bermuda is hmm. yeah where bermuda is yeah um well i'll tell you okay okay the bermuda triangle also known as the devil's triangle this... or hurricane alley or the is... deathly hallows Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> with the triangle yeah that's yeah. my point <laughs>
0: yeah <Lewis block. laughs>
1: the part of my house it's a loosely defined region in the western part of the North Atlantic Ocean where a number of aircraft and ships are said to have disappeared under mysterious circumstances. <laughs> the vicinity. Of the Bermuda Triangle is amongst the most heavily traveled shipping lanes in the world. Oh. With ships frequently crossing through and for ports in the Americas, Europe, and the Caribbean islands. Right. Cruise ships and Pleasure Craft. Pleasure Craft. Love it. Honest to God. Regularly. <laughs> name s- of your <laughs> <shape>. <laughs> At the Pleasure Craft, it's a little. Um, they sail regularly through the region. Okay. And commercial and private aircraft... (laughs) Name your (laughs) sex (laughs) tape. Sail regularly through the region. (laughs) Pleasure craft regularly sail through the region. (laughs) (laughs) Commercial and private aircraft routinely fly over it. (laughs) Great. (laughs) I'm sorry, it's funny. Um, The Gaddis-Argosy article delineated the boundaries of the triangle, giving its vertices as Miami... San Juan, Puerto Rico, and Bermuda. Subsequent writers did not necessarily follow this definition. Some writers gave different boundaries and vertices to the triangle, with the total area varying from 1.3 million to 3.9 million kilometers squared. Sure. <laughs> Indeed, some writers even stretch it as far as the Irish coast. Subsequently, Where's the... Where's de- the Irish coast? Like by Ireland? Yep. Okay. Subsequently, the determination of which... Uh, accidents occurred inside the triangle depends on which writer reported them. Right. So what that means is is that the actual triangle itself is subjective.
0: Yeah. There are accidents happening everywhere every day.
1: Planes crash, boats capsize, whatever. Yep. So that's actually really, really funny. Part of my research, one of the guys was like, listen, boats sink uh, planes crash That's yes. it Yeah And people are just like Boy that's near the triangle well, Let's just push the triangles You know the, A little wider The, the diameter a little right. and, th- and also it's like It happens a lot here Because
0: It's a heavily trafficked area Right
1: Okay Do I need to go any further? Yeah because I want to hear all the I, You're going to get me I'm going to be like Ooh but wait Ooh but wait There's more Time magazine published an article in 1991 stating that from 1946 to 1991, there were over a hundred disappearances of ships and planes within the Bermuda Triangle. Mm. So, there's some basic facts. Let's dive in to some of the disappearances. Please. So, the first actual documented instance was made by none other than Christopher Columbus. Really? On his journey to Discover America. Mm. mm, yes. But he she really didn't, right? Yes, no, he's an asshole. Yeah. While in the Bermuda Triangle, Columbus and his crew started noticing some strange occurrences. In The ship's, excuse me, navigational systems stopped working. What navigational systems The did they have? compass. Oh, okay. Lord Dino, man. There were mysterious lights over the water. The sea was rougher than it ever was on the entire journey. He also claimed that at one point he saw a fireball. Plummets to the sea. Bit of hanky panky. I like it. Mm -hmm. You got me. I mean, yeah. Nineteen eighteen, the U.S. battleship goes missing with three hundred and six people on board. No, the USS uh, Cyclops. Sorry, uh, was a Collier. We're gonna say Calypso. uh, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) was a Collier that operated between the East Coast and the Caribbean, servicing the Atlantic fleet for a time, and then ran transatlantic journeys until February of
0: 1918. So just the end of the First War.
1: The what? The first the end war of we... the First World War, yeah, yeah. Pretty well. After fueling British ships in the South Atlantic in Brazilian waters, the ship embarked from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, on February 16th, 1918. It came into Barbados in early March and then promptly disappeared completely. Mm-hmm. What is strange is that the captain never put out a single distress signal and nobody aboard the crew answered any of the calls from the hundreds of ships in the vicinity that called out to them. Vicinity that called out to them. The 306 crew and passengers were never heard from ever again, and while there are many theories according to the Naval Historian Center, it is one of the seas most unsolved mysteries. I believe that.
0: That's weird. Like, maybe a tidal wave. Like, like, that would be something that would be like, instant, boom, you're all gone. But, like, to not have a distress signal is yeah.
1: wacky. So, one of, when, when I get further in, well, I don't think I actually explained it in this, but in one of my Charles, a scientist was saying how weather systems within the area, mm. uh, he took, like, imagine, like, like you're, you're sitting in a bathtub. Okay. Okay. You take like your two hands, and you push the water together. You push your two hands together, and all the water from your two hands comes together, and it creates one big instance of a wave, which shoots up into the air. Yeah. Right. So imagine that in a grand scale. Okay. where two moving waves come together or two moving water forms yeah. and they explode up but create a massive wave or a massive instance yeah. that could literally just swallow anything, like right. whether it's a massive ship, right. a tank like something that's just like right. normal waves would not be able to wash away. Right. right. Uh, they were trying to say that those kinds of phenomenon happened within that kind of area, right? right? Because, it's, th-
0: because it's the merging of two different oceans, like the currents would be like maybe that? Maybe
1: it's just like a funky place where like a lot of really <laughs> weird like hanky-panky happens. Okay. 1948, Yay. DC-3, a commercial flight, vanishes. On December 28th, 1948, Captain Robert Lindquist took off from San Juan with two with two crew members and 29 passengers heading for Miami. Okay. When the plane was 50 miles away from Miami, Lindquist reportedly radioed the Miami airport for landing instructions. The airport's reply was, met with silence. The plane was never seen again. There were wait, 50- wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Who radioed? The plane radioed fifty miles away from Miami, saying like, "We're coming in." Hey, we're coming in. Can we get some instructions on how to land? The what, airport never what did. What strip? The, the airport was like. Uh, what are you talking about? No, by, they responded, and then nothing. It was met by silence. They were like, "Hello." The plane was never seen again. According fifty miles. According to an investigation by the Civil Aeronautics uh, Board, the plane had electrical difficulties and low battery power. Those findings have not stopped many from blaming supernatural forces mm. on the disappearance. Okay. 1976, Panamanian ship trades cargo for mystery. <laughs> The Panamanian ship Sylvia L. Osa was a cargo ship that was a regular near the mysterious waters of the Bermuda. What did you
2: say? What did
1: you try to say? I tried to say the Bermuda Triangle. I tried to say the Bermuda Triangle. That was the heaviest rotation that's ever (laughs) happened.
0: Uh, okay, I'm okay. I'm the okay.
1: Panamanian ship, the Sylvia L. Osa, Osa, was a cargo ship that was a regular near the mysterious waters of the Bermuda Triangle. Was <laughs> it? <laughs> but in 1976, the Sylvia L. Osa fell victim to the mysteri- mysteries of the Triangle when she and her 37 person crew disappeared without a trace the Coast Guard is reportedly still looking for clues to what happened to the 590-foot ship. Just go, if people can afford to dig a a
0: hole in the middle of an island for no stupid reason, maybe there's treasure,
1: go looking for a 595-foot ship. They do. That's the thing, is they go looking in the oceans, like rescue crews go looking for these ships. Can't find it. Can't find it. The water's just so deep, or what? 1948, the Star Tiger (laughs) drops out of the sky. A a flight? Yeah. On its way from England to Bermuda in January 1948. Star Tiger. A Star Tiger passenger plane vanished with more than 30 people on board. Okay. England's Civil Air Ministry conducted an investigation and found that a ship, the SS Troubadour, reported seeing a low-flying plane about halfway between Bermuda and Delaware Bay. If that plane was a Star Tiger, it was horribly off course. Mm. 1963. Something smells funny with the Sulphur Queen's disappearance. The (laughs) Sulphur... These captions are gold. (laughs) They're gold. The Sulphur Queen was a 523-foot tanker that was originally intended to carry oil, but was converted to carrying sulfur. Okay. Okay. On February 3rd, 1963, the ship sent a radio report that placed it 230 miles southeast of New Orleans. According to a report by Time magazine, then nothing. There was no SOS, no warning of trouble. The ship simply disappeared. Two weeks later, pieces of a raft, a life vest, and a broken oar washed up on Florida beaches. An investigation launched by the Coast Guard shortly after the disappearance concluded that the vessel was nowhere near seaworthy and likely caught fire at sea. Mm. In in 1881, the 210 foot... uh, Lord Dine. The 210 feet long... Foot long? Foot long. Foot long. long. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Foot long sub. Yeah. The 210 foot long sub, Ellen Austin, was on her way to a New York... Was on her way from New York to London, when she stumbled upon a uh, dere- derelict? Derelict?
0: I don't know what you're trying to say.
1: D-E-R-E-L-I-C-T. D-E-R-E-L-I-C-T. Derelict? Yeah. What does it mean? I don't know. Continue your sentence. Stumbled she upon dere- stumbled upon a derelict near the Bermuda oh, Triangle. Oh, just the
0: end of the sentence a
1: derelict? Near the Bermuda Triangle. I guess a troubling instance. I just defined that myself.
0: Anyways, start the Jeopardy theme. I'm looking up derelict.
1: Yeah. Everything seemed fine with an unidentified schooner drifting just north to the Sargoso Sea, but the missing crew. Go on. The mm-hmm. ship was there, but there was no crew.
0: Wait, what? Yeah, I was waiting for Sorry, that. I was looking up derelict.
1: The ship was there, but there was no crew on board. Yeah. Wait, so wait, everything wait. Seemed... Docked? The ship docked? No, everything seemed fine with the unidentified schooner drifting just north of the Sargasso Sea, okay. but the missing crew. Captain Baker of the Ellen Austin asked to observe the derelict for two days. Oh, maybe that's the name of the boat. Oh, derelict, the derelict is
0: in a very poor condition as a result of disuse and neglect. There we go. The cities were derelict and dying.
1: Well, the derelict is the boat that was for two days, um, or for however long. Well, it's not doing so good, apparently. No. Um, so Captain Baker of the Ellen Austin asked to observe the derelict for two days in order to make sure it wasn't a trap. After two days with no response from the ship, the captain entered the abandoned vessel with his crew to find the well-packed shipment and no sign of the crew. In order to tow it back with Ellen Austin, the captain placed a prize crew from his ship to go on to the other ship and to set sail together. However, after two days of sail on calm waters, a squall separated part a squall separated path of the two ships following which the derelict boat vanished. That is insane to me. Days after the storm, according to the stories, Captain Baker's lookout could spot the vessel through his spyglass, only to realize the vessel drifting far away aimlessly once again. After hours of effort, Ellen Austin could catch up to the vessel. But strangely, no one was aboard. I
0: knew you were going to say that.
1: However, another version of this story suggests a second attempt by Baker to bring the boat back to land, but ended with the same fate again. More crew members just disappear. Yep. Um, Other reports suggest that the derelict was uh, once more spotted, but this time had a separate crew than the prized crew placed on by the Ellen uh, Austin. The disappearance of the ship... Her reappearance and the absence of the prize crew is indeed an intriguing story. It is more like a secret of the Bermuda Triangle, one that's seemingly no chances of being unraveled anytime soon.
0: It's like they like, floated into a wormhole.
1: Wormhole. On December 22nd, 1967, a cabin cruiser named witchcraft, left from Miami with her captain, Dan Burak, and his friend, father, Patrick Horgan. The two gentlemen's journey on the 23-foot luxury yacht was to enjoy the wonderful view of Miami's Christmas lights. However, after reaching just one mile from offshore, the Coast Guard received a call from the captain stating that his ship had hit something, but there was no substantial damage, indicating help to be towed to the shore. The Coast Guard set off immediately, reaching witchcraft in as many as 19 minutes, but to nothing. Wait, the boat wasn't there? The area indicating the location of the ship was completely deserted, with no signs of any ship having been stranded or even present there previously. What's more intriguing about this story is that this particular cruiser was virtually unsinkable. Not to mention that numerous... Life-saving devices were present aboard, including life jackets, lifeboats, flares, distress signals, etc. None of them was used when the ship was gone. The Coast Guard officials searched hundreds of square miles of ocean over uh, the next few days, but were also unsuccessful. Nothing of this ship has been found until this day. The ship is gone, and what remains is only speculation that can be done now. Jeff, this is blowing my mind.
0: In October... No, wait, na- wait, wait.
1: I'm not ready. Oh. So...
0: Get yeah, because if something happened with the ship, yes. you're getting off, you're using your life jacket.
1: Yeah, no. Also, it takes longer than 19 minutes, presumably, for a ship to fully sink and disappear. Well, the difference with this ship in particular is that, and this is what I kind of left out, is that the design of the boat, like imagine like a yacht, yeah. but in the belly of the yacht, like right like on the bottom, yeah. there's an actual flotation device. So she flips, you can still see it. It's It still floats. Yeah. That That's what they mean by it's unsinkable. It was literally designed to not sink. So unless somehow that flotation device in the middle dysfunction, dysfunctional, all the life jackets, all the flares, all the boats, everything was just like they couldn't get out within thirty seconds, which doesn't make literally sense. Literally, like that's Level it. Sinks like the, seen Kraken, the Titanic. The Kraken
0: comes and just yanks her down. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a mythical beast living inside the
1: Bermuda Triangle. So, in October 1951, a ship called the Southern District disappeared after being spotted near the Bermuda Triangle. Four years later, in 1955, the only piece of evidence in regards to the ship's whereabouts was discovered on the Florida's coast, Florida coast. A life preserver, airily bearing the missing ship's name. Mm. This is my favorite, okay? I mean, I'm loving them all, so. Flight 19. On December 5th... <laughs> 19. 9, no, 9, no. flight work. 19. Ba-dee-da! On December 5th, oh, okay. 1945. Five military TBN Avenger torpedo bombers. No, no. Oh, it doesn't God. work. It doesn't quite I work thought it <laughs> it I doesn't... thought you had rehearsed this. It no, really... I, I certainly did not okay. rehearse it. It yeah. felt
0: rehearsed for a while, and I was all for it. Yeah, that's
1: the story of my life. It felt it rehearsed. Seems it seems was... rehearsed and well plotted out, but in fact, it's not. You invest time too early before it goes to shit.
2: The
1: story of Jeff Sims. Flight 19. On oh. December 5th, 1945, five military TBM Avenger torpedo bombers departed Fort Lauderdale, Florida at 2.10 p.m. on routine training mission. Okay. Wait. December 1945. So war's over. Like, War do- is <laughs> over. World War II would have ended by December. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go on. The planes were inspected and weather conditions were considered to be favorable. Mm. What is significant is noting is that the TBM Avengers that they were piloting were often nicknamed Iron Birds for their rugged design and ability to hold up in battle. Flight 19, five planes carried 14 men, including the instructor, Lieutenant Charles Taylor. Shortly after completing their mission, Taylor got lost in the area, now known as the Bermuda Triangle. Uh. this was a time before gps therefore taylor and his pilots relied heavily on compasses okay. all of which were malfunctioning right an emergency transmission was sent by one of the other pilots and was picked up by a control tower towers in quotations we can't find west everything is wrong we can't be sure of any direction everything looks strange even the ocean Twenty minutes later, the pilots of Flight 19 sent their very last transmission, which was echoed very similarly to that one. Right. Several but, so minutes. Flight, might, Flight 19 was more than one plane. I literally yeah, said okay. it was you five planes. That's what I mean.
0: I, just, I got confused for a second.
1: Sorry. Um. Several minutes after the last transmission, a PBM Mariner flying boat took off on a rescue mission. That boat would radio the control tower once more before also vanishing. <gasps>
0: Don't go out when the boats are flying away, or whatever. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, don't go out when the
1: boats are flying
0: away. But, like, if something happened to all these planes, yeah. maybe wait a few
1: hours. Like, But
0: they're going out to go rescue them.
1: The weather conditions are fine.
0: Yeah, I and mean, there's something. To, there's a magnetic something or other, for After sure. After a widespread
1: search of the area failed, the Navy's final report of the incident allegedly concludes We are not even able to make a good guess as to what happened.
0: (gasps) I love it so much. There's so much. I mean, I hate that the lives were lost, but I love
1: the mystery. There's so much mystery. There's so much mystery. So I had only just tickled the many accounts of things being lost, destroyed, vanishing, all that kind of stuff. There are many, many more, and I strongly suggest everybody to go look at the hundreds of accounts that have happened over the years. There are documentaries and Oh, History yes. channel shows about oh, the Oh, God, channel. yes. And a lot of them are bluffery bunkum, but some of them are entertaining. So I think that science can't.
0: I um, mean, yes, it's a very heavily traveled area. Yeah. There's way too many instances of like this shit, a, a ship reappearing with no one on it. Yeah. You can't make that up. All I mean, y- the, you can. They yeah, sure. go
1: crazy. Well, they but they found the ship, so you can't make it up. It's not like this. Sh- you know what I mean. But like, you can make up the records of being like, when we found the ship, there was nobody on Why? it. Why? To what end? You They're went and killed people. everybody on the. You went and killed everybody on the ship. But they and were on your, your, your own ship. No, it wasn't. It could have been, but it could also not have been.
0: Yeah, I I think it's crazy. I think. Shall this we up.
1: dive into the theories? I. Would love nothing more. In well, this moment. it's less exciting because the, the theories are out to lunch. Oh, okay. There's some hanky-panky. I
0: mean, yeah, aliens came and picked them all up.
1: Well, so, one is that the, it is a natural, dangerous place for sailing and boating. The area of the Bermuda Triangle is covered in ocean reefs. Okay. Okay, some of which even surfacing to the top of the water. Okay? With this being said, the large percentage of the in- instances happened when ships were predominantly made of wood. Right. This would cause a lot of natural shipwrecks within that area. Okay. Mm. So with the sudden disappearances, the ocean also has a lot of deep underwater trenches. Hang on, though.
0: You hit a reef. Yep. It's not that deep next to the reef.
1: So you hit a reef and, and sink— Easy with, to find. With the sudden disappearances, the ocean also has a lot of deep underwater trenches that wreckages could sink. Mm, next to the reef? Oh, absolutely. The trench next to the reef? Yeah. Okay. Think of like a reef. Like, think of like, like shrubbery and like a, a bushel of shrubbery. And it's just like tic-tac-toe. You're just like slowly going down until you hit the actual bottom of the ocean. Sure. Right? It's just impossible to get down there, like yep. ocean trenches. Okay. Like right. Mariana's Trench. Send down the little robot that found the titan- Titanic. Maybe. That's all I want. Send down that little yellow yep. Wally thing. Yep. Wally. Yep. Um, Eva. So they weren't able to search down there, causing a disappearing act. Okay. So anytime, like when we go back to the 1800s and the early 1900s, even mid-1900s, in the mid-1960s, the news rang out clear. You're crushing um, it. Thanks, buddy. Um, they didn't have the resources to go down there, let alone dig a hole 110 <laughs> feet down in the ground. <laughs> yeah. So they weren't going down to... That's the, where all the water was coming from. That's all from. the water was coming from, yeah. was the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Um, so most hurricanes and other tropical storms in the Atlantic pass through the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. Because of the tropic nature and the climate. Right. Storms are obviously in unpredictable atmospheric conditions can cause phenomena. Such right, because they at some point they have to start. Yeah. They also create things such as water spouts, like water tornadoes. Right. And other strange weather systems that are both dangerous and incredibly unpredictable. Right. So in instances where you look and you say the weather is nice, we can go out and fly, you go out there and then all of a sudden, boom. Water spout. <laughs> tip me over and <laughs> off you go. Tip me over and bore me out. Yeah. Water spout. Tip me over and bore me out. Yeah. So, what's crazy is that there's no actual evidence that actually exists that states that disappearances happen more frequently within the Bermuda Triangle than any other part of the ocean. So, similar to what but we you said. you just told at the me all those things. So, so that was, you could tell me those things in another part of the ocean? Yeah. So, what I'm trying to tell you is that similar to what we said before, boats sink and planes crash. Well, then find another area and tell me about all
0: those disappearances then. Well, maybe I will. Well, I would like that because I don't believe it. I think this is a thing.
1: Another theory. It is home to a magnetic phenomenon. I believe that too. It's been proven that it is a place where true north and magnetic north line up. Some research indicates that this may affect compass readings and right. other GPS navigational systems. Wait, what's magnetic north? Uh, you don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Was, yeah, come on. Yeah, it on. Doesn't matter. Go on. Yeah. Uh, some science also indicates <laughs> that the lightning during storms may further affect uh, the intensity of the magnetic fields and could account for compass and machinery failures and radio interference. doesn't account for it when the weather's nice. There's no lightning when the weather's nice. But the difference, like I said, unpredictable weather. Also, how accurate is the weather back in like 1914? You know, back then they still had weather balloons. You told me so many things from the 50s. Yeah, in the 50s they still had weather balloons. yeah. Weather balloons. But then
0: when the boat goes out, they're like, nope, it was, well, the weather's fine. Can't find the boat, though. Like, explain that. Weather balloons. The boat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my boat. My boat. My boat. I forgot about my boat. Yeah. Honestly. In fact, the rare phenomenon of ball lightning may also form such electrical oh. storms accounting for the strange lights that Columbus saw. Oh. Yeah. Another theory... This is the most outlandish. Is from the on meteor? The what? because Columbus see a meteor land in the ocean? No, oh. I wish. That those lost within the Bermuda Triangle are now residents of the legendary lost city of Atlantis. No. Atlantis was written about by Plato originally. It was said to be an ancient naval power. But according to the legend, the entire city was swallowed by water within one day. I would like to do Atlantis at some point, by the way. I think we should. In the 1970s, a writer named Charles Berlitz hypothesized that the entire city of Atlantis was a victim of the Bermuda Triangle and now resides and thrives under the sea. Berlitz theorizes that the technology and weaponry was so great that it continues to contribute to the mysterious sinking of ships and planes within the area. Uh. Those who believe it think that what has been lost in the Bermuda Triangle now is an active resident and resides within the lost city of Atlantis. Cool. Cool. I like it. Yeah. Another theory. The Bermuda Triangle is actually a gateway to another universe. Hey-o. A black hole. Whame also whamole. This would also account for how travel times in the region are unpredictable with some flights getting to their destination faster than usual. In the 1970s, a pilot named Bruce Gernon testified that he escaped an incident within the Bermuda Triangle, which he described as an electronic fog. His plane was submerged in a gray haze and his compass failed. He flew blindly for 3 minutes before his watch, uh sorry, before his radio informed him he was flying over Miami. When he looked at his watch, 40 minutes had passed, but he had traveled a distance comparable to 90 minutes of flight. 90? Nine zero. Okay. Wham hole. Yeah. Wham
0: hole. So all of a sudden he's just over Miami? Yeah. Wouldn't the people in Miami be like, hang on, buddy. Where'd you come from? You shouldn't be here. I mean, no one's watching him. Everyone's watching him. Who hey, People in the flight tower. Well, that's what he said. The flout, the flight,
1: the tower, the flight tower told him, "Hey, you're flying over Miami." He's like, "No, bye. I've only been flying for 40 minutes." Ninety minutes later. Interesting. He was high. It was the 1970s. True, highest suicide rate of anyone in the world. What a pilot in the 70s? Nope. A uh, flight, um,
0: flight tower Oof. operator. My uh, uh, hang on. mom's first cousin. My. First cousin once removed. Well done. Ron was a... Oh, there's a better word for it. It's not a flight tower operator. What are they called?
1: I mean, that's, that's... Everyone knows what you're trying to say.
0: Yeah. That's not what it's called, but that's what... Yeah. That is the highest suicide rate in the world because the stress. Yep. You're landing planes. You're landing a
1: plane a filled st- with... St- stressful. Yeah. Not for me. Right. He doesn't do it anymore. Fifth theory. The strange disappearances and in instances within the Bermuda Triangle are all attributed Attributed to alien activity. Abduction by aliens would certainly explain the complete disappearances of crews, planes, boats, etc. Some claim that there is a secret U.S. Navy base in the Bahamas linked to surveying and observing aquatic extraterrestrial life. Aquatic extraterrestrial? Well, yeah. Look around the old uh, Bermuda Triangle. But they're living in the sea by. Under the sea! They're all mermaids. Honda the sea. The seaweed
0: is always greener when somebody crashes their plane. <laughs>
1: you dream about flying home, yeah, but that is a big mistake. Oh. Too soon? It was 1950. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, not too soon. Uh, so it was linked to surveying and observing. <laughs> Lives from the 50s don't matter all of they a sudden. Don't not true. They don't matter. Uh, so in the Bahamas, linked to surveying and observing aquatic extraterrestrial life is referred to as. Underwater Area 51. Great. (laughs) Yeah. In October 2014, at least two passengers on a Carnival Cruise (laughs) claimed that they saw UFOs flying above and around the water and later submerged themselves. A, Carnival Cruises. B, Hanky Panky.
0: (laughs) A, Carnival Cruises, the cheapest of all cruise lines, the drunkest of all cruise lines, the stupidest of all cruise lines. Yep. So
1: you're drunk, you're stupid, you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. your underwater area fifty-one. Yeah. <laughs> um, in conclusion, a journalist named Larry Kush Cush, <laughs> Cush, asked exactly that question and came to a surprising answer. Exactly what question? Uh, like what happened? Really. Okay. There is no mystery about strange disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle. Kush exhaustively re- re-examined the mysterious disappearances and found that the stories were basically created by mistakes, mystery-mongering, and in some cases, outright fabrication, mm. all being passed along as fact-checked truth. Why it, the truth get in the way of a good story? Why let the truth honest to God? Yeah. In his definitive book, "The Bermuda Triangle Mystery Hyphen: Solved," Kush notes that few writers on the topic bothered to do any real investigation. They mostly collected and repeated other earlier writers who did, who did the same. Unfortunately, Charles Berlet's, facili- um, Berlet's facility with language did not carry over into credible research or scholarship. His books on the paranormal and on the Bermuda Triangle specifically were riddled with errors, mistakes, and unscientific crank theories. In a way. The Bermuda Triangle is, a lar- is largely a creation of Charles Burlett's mistakes. Cush would, la- would later note that burlett's research was so sloppy that if burlett were to report that a boat were red, the chance of it being some other color is almost a certainty.
0: But hang on. This Brilats guy is he the one who's telling us about this boat where the people all left and then
1: he was the one who originally started attributing mysteries to, to the Bermuda Triangle, yeah. But in ac- in, ac- in in fictional writing, right? But or
0: he thinks it's not fictional, correct? But. In terms of, like, you know, the boat, like, all the stories you told me, like, the yep. boat where the people disappear or whatever. Sure. Is that him telling that? Or is that the naval people being like, we don't know where the people went?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's a combination of all, like, it's, like, a lot of hearsay. And I think there's a lot of also, like, hanky-panky and, like, why let the truth get in the way of a good story. But I feel so like... like the, in- the the disappearing crew... Yeah. In some of these stories as well, when I researched further and further, not only were the crew missing, but the boat documents, all the food, and a couple of the lifeboats were missing as well.
0: But the boat was fine, so why would they have left?
1: So, there was also one instance where that exact same disappearance happened, but there was a couple of swords on the top of the deck. Which probably was like, there was a mutiny, there was a bunch of like... Pirates. Maybe pirates, or like, like a mutiny on the boat. Like a big disagreement of like, you gotta walk the plank half of the crew was killed or half the crew wasn't killed and there was this huge Where did the rest of the crew go? They got on the lifeboats and went. Why? Or what if they were sailing across the water, they found a little island, i.e. the cove across from Newfoundland and Halifax. Oak Island? Yeah, Oak Island. Good. You couldn't even remember the title of my whole thing, Jeff. Good Evan, job. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was called. I could tell. Yes. Maybe they like... You know, put their boat down to be like, let's go dig a hundred and twenty put foot. the boat down, <laughs> put the anchor down, I don't know, no, no, I know, but yeah, just go on put the boat down, and we're gonna go put dig a hundred and twenty put your 120- boat down put your boat down, uh, your boat down. okay, <laughs> yeah, 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 like let's is. go dig a hundred and twenty foot hole, right, and then the anchor snaps, and the boat just drifts off, no but like less likely for me, maybe. Or this crew found the other boat. They're like, hey, boys, what are you at? They're like, nothing, bye. We just found this 2 million pound treasure, which is now worth 9 million. And they killed them all. And they're like, oh, no, there's a mysterious vanishing. Let's blame it on this mysterious hoax called the Bermuda Triangle. I think there's hanky-panky. And there di- I think every uh, instance, there's a reasonable and logical explanation. I
0: think the Earth has mysteries that we don't know. Oh, absolutely. I think... That maybe one of them. Now, it may again. It may all be weather related. It may be like yes, yeah. there are weird waves that hit each other and shoot up and take or a boat like down. like weird weather systems that develop, Ball, that lightning, is whatever. Yeah, yeah,
1: but then there's. I think there's also like there are magnetic fields within our Earth. Absolutely, there's platonic's and there's all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah, and when I you say think platonic's. I mean, like the plates under the the Earth. Yeah,
0: platonic doesn't mean a plate. Are they called platonic plates?
1: Yeah, I think so. I don't
0: think they are. Platonic, doesn't that mean like a nothing? Like a platonic relationship is like a relationship where like the people aren't into each other. Mm -hmm. Are you not into me? I'm very into you, Jeff. And this is the moment I need to tell you that.
1: Tectonic plates.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I googled it. It is
1: tectonic plates. Yeah, Yeah, platonic
0: is like... Platonic
1: plates, Jesus. Platonic is... Swing and a miss. Anyways... Tectonic plates. We'll we'll cut that. You didn't, uh, didn't,
0: you didn't. react to me confessing my love to you, but that's fine. Go on. It's okay. We're yeah. wearing the same shirt. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Literally, we're inside the same shirt. My head is coming out through the right sleeve, the same mic. and you're coming through the left sleeve, Ugh. and then yeah. our hand. We're holding our hands through the neck hole. <laughs> <laughs> that picture is amazing. Neck hole.
1: Neck hole. We'll have to get that picture and post it. This no. episode's titled Neckhole. Nick Nickel. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Um, I don't know what I was talking about. But anyways, moral of the story is there's hanky-panky, and I think, I think you're right. I think the world has some weird mysteries that yeah. we'll never know. Definitely. And the Bermuda Triangle is one of them. Agreed. Yep. And that's it. That's all she wrote. I love it. I loved everything about it. Thank yep. you so much. You're very welcome. Also, I really strongly recommend, as always, with all of my topics, go further your research. There's lots more. Yeah. 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 I recommend yeah. it with yours as well. With yeah. mine, I think whatever <laughs> I
0: tell you, that's enough. It's all you need. It's what I, what I explain to you. Screw you. Um, so, episode 18 done. Episode 18 is done. Check it off the list. Yep. Um, one of my favorites, not going to lie. I don't remember the last time I laughed as hard as when you tried to say we're in a triangle. Like remember when you were like a teenager hash like or like pre-teeny, how many times you laughed when tears poured out of your eyes? Yep. It was way more frequently than when you were an adult.
1: Yeah, adult adult life sucks and is quite frequently less funny. It doesn't suck, but it's less funny, I agree. Yeah. The thing, yeah, the thing with adult life
0: is it's it's highs and lows. Yeah. Right? It's great, yeah. and then it's not so great. Yeah. Whereas preteen life is all in the middle ground with highs. With highs. Very few lows. No,
1: there's some lows. But the lows are... Like um, my su- chemical super, romance. Superficial so lows. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> that
0: girl doesn't like me as much as I want her to. Yeah,
1: my bangs don't quite flip over my left eye as much as I want them Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, adult life, way more highs and lows. But... You, and you don't, you don't get those teary laughs. No. I, I remember being... Like, good friend Ryan Acorn, who I don't think listens to the podcast, but he should. He should. I don't know if he listens to podcasts. But, like, he and I were neighbors, and we would laugh all the time. Yep. And, like, we would also hang out with so much, like, do you, remember, did you ever, ever have a friend where you were so bored when you were hanging out together? Not because you didn't like each other, but, like, you would hang out so often. Oh, yeah, Some yeah, days yeah, you yeah, yeah. like, what are we going to do today? I'm it's like so hanging out by bo-. yourself with a friend. Exactly. You hang out every day, so you're sure. just bored. And, like, one time we were so bored, we are like, what are we going to do? And throughout this boredom of like, what are we going to do? We just got into a fit of laughing about nothing. And I always remember it. Interesting. And like, and that's what I remember when I think of like laughing with tears pouring under my eyes. Yeah. That's one of the times I remember. Interesting. It happens to me a lot. Like, not a lot, but less so recently. Yeah. And it just happened to me this episode where tears streamed
1: from my face. I think what got me the most about it is I just looked you straight in the face and then just like could not say the well, word. I, what I thought was happening was that I was having a stroke.
0: No, no, no. What I thought was happening, I mean, li- likely, but what I thought was happening was that you. It was a word that you knew you couldn't pronounce and you were making a joke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at first I started laughing. I was like, oh, that was funny of Jeff to make that. And then throughout my laughing, I realized, no, no, no. He tried. That wasn't a joke. He was trying to speak English words. Yeah. And then that's when I died.
1: Yeah. You dropped down the 140 foot hole.
0: Oh, buddy. I see your demise. The oh, yeah. To He's my spiraled. demise. Uh, anyway
1: so fun fun so here what? we are here we are i know it almost feels weird it doesn't anyways um as always yeah please go to facebook instagram um twitter <laughs> twitter <laughs> <laughs> go to twitter we're there we have zero things I happening mean, they're like published there what like people can see our twitter yeah but there's nothing there you should have
0: deleted it by now no uh <laughs> Is anyone on it? Like, can people see it? Nobody
1: twats on our Twitter, right, man. <laughs> we don't tweet on our Twitter. We don't, for sure. <laughs> um, please go like, follow, comment, share, all that kind of fun stuff. But most importantly, please just write a review. I remember know.
0: the contest is live it's happening now get yourself a free shirt write a review and do something else I think that's what we said what yeah it? do something else yeah write a review plus something else that's special yeah and free shirt for you and it, uh, if you've already bought a, a regular Spanish shirt we will we'll, refund we'll... you the money
1: no no joking there's, the there's money's no already fun. long spent We're
0: long spent no refunds exchanges but we will give you another like the other type of shirt Though you've got some splaining oh, to yeah, do good idea. we'll give you the good second idea. type of shirt yeah it's
1: a lot better than giving people back to money they don't
0: exist yet but when they do I mean they the graphics exist anyway. It doesn't matter. So that's fun. Yeah. Uh, if you have a topic you want to send in, clearly we're doing them all the time, all the time, right? So st- keep sending them. We love them, and we need more um, because we're so knowledgeable about so many things. It's hard to come up with things we're not
1: knowledgeable. It's about, It's very to be true. Honest. We are so smart. Yeah. That
0: our list is dwindling. A list is dwindling because we're just constantly educating ourselves. Prolifically.
1: Prolifically.
0: That sentence made no sense. Clearly we need help. Help us to help you. <laughs> Info.splay at gwell.com. We hope you learned
1: something this week.
0: And if you didn't <laughs> <laughs> Jeff and I are too polite. I the, will, will. There's <laughs> the uh, uh, there's, there's always next movie. week. <laughs>
1: Polio. <laughs> polio over everyone. <laughs> That's
0: not funny. Marco, polio. <laughs> oh god.